0: This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 70. This is the show where we bring you today's top entrepreneurs and teach you what's working with social media and marketing to help you build your restaurant or pizzeria. We do that with this podcast, our mastermind group, the courses over at smartpizzamarketing.com, our live show every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and the blog over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Today's episode is with James Elliott, who is the co-founder with his brother of Pilgrim's Pizza. Now, this is a pizza shop in England, UK, and it has a very interesting story of how they got started. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about how it got started. It was a really fun talk with James. We talked, and I have to say that he's in the UK, so the audio connection was not the greatest. So a couple of these points, um, the audio is not really fantastic the way I usually like to have, but it was such a good conversation with him, and I had such a fun talking to him that... You know, usually if the audio is bad, I won't play it, but I wanted to play this one to get it out there because he has some great information and it was just a great talk uh, behind the scenes kind of talk of building a business and a pizzeria business in the UK, the way they did it. They started with a trailer and now they have five locations and they do a really good job on social media, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, They're pizza pilgrims on all of those. So go check them out. And if you're in London, James says, stop by and say hello. So that's enough from me. Real quick, a little housekeeping before we get started. If you want a 15-minute strategy session where I help you build your social media presence, go over your accounts, tell you what you should do to fix it or maybe make it a little bit better, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. There you can set up a time for us to talk really quick, 15 minutes. I'll go over your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, emails, whatever you want to go over your website. Uh, We can go over that together. And I'll give you some tips on how to improve on all of those. You can take your social media and marketing to a ne- the next level. All right, let's get into this episode with James Elliott from Pilgrim's Pizza. All right, so Pizza Pilgrim's. All right, so I have James on the phone from Pizza Pilgrim's in the UK. James, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, join us on the show today.
1: No worries.
0: Green from London. So, Tell me about yourself. How, how did you get into the business? And you know, tell me you know, the, the story behind Pizza Pilgrims.
1: Well, basically, it was me and my brother.
0: Uh, we're two years apart. He's much cleverer than me.
1: I can cook better than him. <laughs> That's the, kind <laughs> of the setup. We um, were both working in really miserable jobs. We were both in advertising, uh, sort of that kind of vacuous advertising world, um, producing TV adverts, basically, uh, in different parts of the business. And uh, we basically call it our five pints pub idea. I don't know if you guys have pints over in America. But yeah, we, we went to the pub, we were moaning about our jobs, we drank five pints, we drew a a picture of a pizza oven on the back of a on the back of a three wheeled Italian van, Ricky Affe. But had a hangover the next day telling a few people about the idea and, and it kind of just sort of there's definitely a thing whereas if you come up with an idea and you tell enough people about it, the peer pressure means that you have to do it.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: So we basically told, told a whole bunch of our friends, um, and yeah, it was a very, very sort of quite a spontaneous thing. Really. He just kind of jumped on it and went, this would be fun.
0: Did you and know I how to make I thought pizza? thought it would be a,
1: a long-term business. <laughs> I think I thought, we'll give it a go. We're, we're, it's, it's a, it's a really fun project. And I think we probably thought it was going to be a stepping stone into the food world. We knew that we wanted to work in the food industry. Um, and we both are Pizza equity so we thought, What a great six month project. We'll we'll do it. It'll be really fun. You know, we must we might get our name out there a bit and then off that we'll be able to get a job with someone, probably.
0: In the pizza world so, or just in the restaurant world?
1: Just in just in the food world. Just I suppose more specifically not in the advertising world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So um so yeah, and then and then I don't know, it's really it's really amazing sort of Personal learning curve, and sort of. I don't. I don't think you was particularly thought that either was particularly ambitious. But I don't know. I suppose it, as the business has grown, we've kind of got more and more ambitious for it. Now, um, how
0: many locations do you have right now?
1: We're now we're now five. We've literally just opened our fifth site last week.
0: Well, wow! So you're a busy guy right now.
1: Uh, yeah, we. we it's, we're, to be honest, it's not stopped. <laughs> we said we made our first pizza in March 2012. Uh, and it's addictive that's supposed to be the problem
0: <laughs> So uh, where did you learn how to make pizza? Uh, we, drew, we we came up
1: with this idea street food was just happening in London yeah. uh, in the kind of 2012 kind of thing it was just sort of kicking off uh, we were kind of gloriously following the US, LA kind of vibe um, London actually weirdly is a really great place for street food the laws are all set up in the right way Um yeah, it's very, it's very, it very much promotes new business uh, and street food. And there's, we've got a really big market culture in in London anyway. There's loads of great little markets that people do buy food from every day. Um, so, so yeah, we basically thought we'd always wanted to work in food. We talked about opening a restaurant. You need approximately two hundred thousand pounds to make that happen. So we thought, screw that. We'll go back to our normal jobs. And then when the street food thing happened, we realized that we could basically start a company on a credit card. So we bought a credit we took a credit card on seven grand and that was basically brief. Start each company for seven thousand pounds. <laughs> um so yeah, we kind of chatted about the idea. We knew that we wanted it to have like a, a learning element to it. We knew that we were novices, inexperienced, and we wanted to come up with a we wanted to come up with a concept that basically um uh allowed us to learn but also gave us a bit of a story um i don't think we really realized how important that story thing is so we kept it kind of began to escalate and we were we were, we, we knew we wanted to get one of these 3 wheel italian um that kind of you see all over italy as as our kind of vehicle and so we looked at buying in the uk and that wasn't possible and then we found out that it would be cheaper to to fly over to the south of italy where the dealership is and drive it back to the uk on a little holiday, basically, <laughs> and save ourselves £2,000 in the process for shipping. And then that idea started to snowball a few more pints later and we came up with this idea of turning into a bit of a learning trip, driving this little van from the south, south tip of Italy to, back to, to London, basically, which is about a 4,500-kilometer drive. Wow. Um, and so then off the back of that, again, it kind of escalated again. And I was working in television at the time, and so the last thing I did before I left TV was pitch this as a cookery show, as a cooking TV show. Um, and yeah, unbelievably, I literally wrote on Microsoft Word a one page document. This is what we're doing. Me and my brother want to buy a van, drive it to Italy, and learn all about great Italian food and, most importantly, pizza. And weirdly, we actually had an amazing pickup. We had three production companies come right back to us. And it all happened very quickly. We suddenly mm-hmm. were in we we're in sort of boardrooms talking about pitches and, and and contracts and stuff like that. And so that just happened in a bit of a whirl. I think anyone
0: who starts something has that moment where it suddenly just goes like that. Do you think that? And I think do you, do you think that your uh, background in the advertising world helped you with the pitch, or do you think that anybody who has you know just the wherewithal to just support for it.
1: I think speaking honestly, I think our backgrounds in media and advertising have probably helped us on every step. Um, I, I think, I think that we had this very genuine idea and we wanted to make sure that it was getting exposure, I think is probably the is the thing. So this idea of the trip came up, we'll drive the van back. We'll learn all about food whilst we're doing it. We knew that we could use all of that content and all that stuff that we were learning to, Help sort of start a bit of a narrative, start a social media channel, start tweeting, you know. So we, we had people on our trip with us. It was, it was quite fun because no one knew who we were. No, no one had tried our pizza. We suddenly just popped up on Twitter as two, two brothers driving around Italy, and we were tweeting live and Instagramming. And this in 2012 was, you know, what's that, four years ago now, which doesn't seem like a long time, but in social media
0: terms, it's kind of... That's like 100 just a 100 years.
1: sort of... The London
0: birth of proper Instagram and Twitter kind of yeah. Theme. Four years in social media is like a hundred years with direct mail. <laughs> exactly that.
1: Kind of like dog dog like dog years. No. Yeah like
0: yeah dog Anyways. years. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we were super naive. We didn't know what the hell was going on, but um, we were having a great time doing it. I think it, you know it was there was definitely an aspect of the, the push as well as the pull. We were really not enjoying, and now I look back on it, we really hated our jobs. I think. <laughs> that kind of childlike excitement of quitting our job. My brother quit his job the day after we, uh, we were in that pub on the first night, he quit his job the next day. He like kicked the door of the office in and went, ah, I'm quitting, <laughs> and then realized that he was getting married in a month's time so he had to get another job. Oh boy. <laughs> like five days later.
0: <laughs> Did he get the same so, kind of uh, job or was it different?
1: No, he got really, really, it was similar, in the same industry, but he was selling Stan chair lists. do you have those? They're like the chair list that helped People who struggle to go up the stairs.
0: Yes, we do. have They to. kind
1: of connect onto the side of your stairs, and they go
0: Ring, <laughs> and go up, and get to the top. Yeah, we. So yeah, he he had to sell those for a few months. Door to door, or just like phone calling?
1: Uh, just phone calling. Nice. Living the dream. <laughs> so, sorry, I
0: have a tendency to ramble a bit, but yeah, we no basically. Um, no worries, man. Obviously, you haven't listened to the show because I do too. <laughs> good, 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 good.
1: So yeah, I mean, it was in. It was. I think. Definitely, we knew that what we were doing was, well, whether we knew it or not, what we were building the, the, the sort of the, the beginnings of a brand or the beginnings of a, a story. Right. And I think we were, if I'm totally talking in complete honesty, I think I was more cynical about it then than I am now, four years in. I think um, we had a bit of an inkling that we knew that if we wanted to make a splash and actually you know, make a, You want to start with a with a bang, that we needed to wrap up this this journey we were doing and make sure that it was kind of digestible for for media people. Yeah. So, I think that's we we do every now and again. We do the odd like talk or sort of chat with new people who are starting. And I think that one of the key things is like, you know, it's the funnest thing you're ever going to do in your company. Make the story like go and do the mad trick. Like, <laughs> you can make it tax deductible. That's the mad thing. Right.
0: <laughs> Especially in the beginning, in the end, once you get your business going, like I'm sure it would be hard for you guys, maybe not at this point, but a year or two in, it would have been harder to do that van trip than it was right in the beginning.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, you, you want all that, the way I kind of feel about it is it's kind of like that's all good, that's all the kind of like the meat on the bones, and you want to make sure you've got enough meat on the bones
0: of your concept right. before you start working it as a business. Well, in the marketing world, that's called validating your idea. Like, you validated your idea before you invested money. You know, I teach people to in, uh, use internet marketing in their own business. Like, look at internet marketers. They build a list, they build uh, a following, and then they ask that following what they want before they build a product that they think people want to sell it to the people they yeah. don't even know.
1: It seems, it seems really second nature now. And in fact, we've seen a massive shift in what, how people are starting up food businesses in the UK now. But the traditional method, and in fact, the way that this guy who really helped me when we started, Russell Norman, he did it the traditional route, which was you go, you work, School of Hard Knocks. He, he worked for this company called Caprice Holdings, who are a huge, you know, mislan star level hospitality company. You, you learn for 10 years, and then once you've gathered enough information together, you go and start your own thing. Right. And I suppose what we were doing, unwittingly, was not going for that huge investment up front. So, you know, we started on a 7,000 pound credit card and that gives you the freedom to test your concept without any risk. It makes my heart skip a beat when I think about people who go, oh, wouldn't it be great to run a restaurant and then sell everything and put their life on a restaurant working? Right. That's that,
0: that's, that's pretty popular here in the U.S. now is the food truck. Like they'll, they'll, you know, if you want to get into the pizza industry now, you'll start a food truck on a lower budget and then build that into a restaurant. Yeah, exactly, and I have I have huge huge problems with that film Chef that came out because
1: <laughs> I don't remember Sophia Vergara being around when I was when I was starting a food truck.
0: Yeah, no I concern. think they
1: might have put a little bit of a glossy little tint on that whole situation.
0: Yeah, that's but, the, um, that's the Hollywood aspect of the, the pizza industry or the restaurant industry. <laughs>
1: yeah. and I think I think the other thing that we did that I think looking back was was a good thing is that I, we were really flexible with our idea. I think. What a lot of people tend to do, is they will sit at their desk that they hate, plotting in a kind of almost spiteful revenge kind of way, how they're gonna break free and start their own company. And by the time they actually get around to doing it, it's become so clear and so sort of they can almost taste it. So they're not willing to change anything. And actually the first thing that you need to know about our society industry is you need to be responsive to a customer once, it sounds yep. so cliche, but they, yeah. they pay the bill at the end of the day. Yeah, I totally so, agree so I think people are a bit precious about their idea when they're first starting out. And actually, the beauty of starting out is that
0: you flex and you, you, you adapt and you change. That's a huge problem right now in the U.S. with this industry is that there's a lot of people out there who don't. I think they want to change and adapt. They just don't know how to.
1: Yeah, and I think and it, it, what, what I often find, and I do it myself all the time, is that I'll put a line in the sand somewhere about something that I want to protect in the business. And then I'll, I'll notice six months later that it's been nagging at me and people have been asking, like, can you change this? Like, gluten-free has been a real one for us. I mean, I know this is so specific to pizza, but, you know, we spent the first two years of our company life going, Now we don't do gluten-free. You know, that's not, that's not how we roll. If you don't like, if you're not gluten, don't eat pizza. <laughs> right. And that, was, that just became a bit of a catchphrase, and it became a stock answer to that, to that problem. And then we had a bit of an epiphany moment where actually we were fielding four or five questions like that a week, and at that point, you've got to go. Hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Who's being the idiot here?
0: Yep. Exactly. So, so now we're, we're
1: going on this new thing, and you know we want to do it in our own way. We're going to go back to Italy, and we're going to go spend. I'm going to go spend a week working in three different pizzerias in Naples to make the best gluten-free pizza. And then the idea is to come back and. Because I think the reason we didn't do it is because gluten-free pizza is a bit apologetic, and actually, what you can buy and what's available is tastes like cardboard. Yeah. So the only way to solve the problem in our eyes is to go and do another trip and come back and be the best food in London.
0: And did you do that? And then you're
1: kind of, we're doing that this year. It's, we're doing it in September. Okay. So that's the next big project for us.
0: Excellent. Well, um, I think that's a great, that's a great point is that you can't, you, you have to listen to your customers. I mean, listen, there's grown men that are listening to the show right now that texted LOL in the last two days. I can guarantee that that said they would never use Facebook. <laughs>
1: and i think i think the reason you don't really listen to it is because it is so cliche like the customer's always right right um but and i think it's so interesting what you said about people don't know what what they need to change they do it's just and it's it's probably been mentioned in the last two days in their business but because they've kind of created this very definite answer to that problem they're not willing to change it and if you i think taking a bit of a step back and trying to look on something with a with a different pair of eyes, you might see that problem suddenly jump right up in front of you
0: that and yeah, that, and people are just afraid of change, you know people just don't like change,
1: yeah, no change changes is, change is tricky business,
0: yeah <laughs> so but anyway, um
1: so going back to your original point, I think yes, we did just you know whether it was subconscious or not we 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 did have a background in marketing, so we did understand that. Just having the great idea isn't enough. You need to package it and do what feels like quite cynical stuff. Like we made sure that right off the gate, we had a really great press release, a really great set of photos. Because um, what we noticed is actually journalists are really lazy. <laughs> we love to think that journalists are kind of this like always this amazing force for good and they kind of work for charity. They don't. They need to fill. They need to fill the page. And so I think we We were able to wrap up our story into a very lovely little with a bow on it that was like you know it 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 read quite easy, I suppose two brothers go to Italy to learn all about pizza and then you know we made sure that we had a lovely photo of us with the van and it that
0: just lands on a journalist's desk and it it just goes in like it's easy for them to just add that into the story
1: yeah because because it had a hook right it doesn't need to be a big
0: hook but you know, it was, it, 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 it,
1: the, I suppose, I don't, know if it was a, I don't want to come across like, like I'm blowing my own trumpet or anything, but I think uh, what we did do well is I think we, we, we made sure that story at the beginning was really accessible, not complicated to tell. <laughs> right. It was. You know, you could write on the back of a fag packet what we did. Two brothers quit normal jobs and escape
0: and start a pizza van kind of thing. And with the trip through Italy thing, the pilgrimage stuff. It's the story that kind of everybody wants to go through.
1: Yeah, everyone kind of goes through, it. it helps us in so many ways. It helps us to just get noticed, you know. The, the, your are hardest time is those first few months when when no one cares or knows what you're up to, and you you do need that little thing that 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 thing that just that just just hits you above the, the you know the rest of the the stuff that's happening in London or wherever you are.
0: So when it comes to your social but, media, do you who runs that? Do you run that, or does do you have a company that runs it? I do. It? You, you, I guys, do yeah. you guys are, do a tremendous job on all your social platforms—Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram—and you have a great following. That's
1: that, thank you very much. So, Yeah, we really enjoy doing. I mean, I'm addicted to it. It's, it it, it just—it's just on my phone. Um, but I think that was the other thing. The other thing that came out of this being a sort of like have-a-go startup thing is that. We've never really felt like we had much to lose. It was always like a I think it would be always the feeling was, Well, if it doesn't work out, you know, we just go get our jobs back. Right. Kind of thing. There was because we didn't have that huge financial outlay. It created this nice culture of just a bit of like a let's keep it light, let's keep it fun. And you know and I think that's helped us make massive jumps when we need to, take big risks. Um Again, that leads back into that. Like, don't so be too precious about your idea, right?
0: So, so you and your you and your brother are the two owners. That's right. Yeah. And w- so, you started the van, and the van turned into a single location, and then that single location. Uh, how did you get to your? So yeah, we, we
1: started the van, and the original idea was the van was that we were gonna we were gonna drive around doing birthdays, weddings, funerals, barmisters, whoever would have us, basically. Yeah. Um. And then we realized that the best way to develop, I'm calling it a brand, but obviously it's not a brand. Coca-Cola is a brand. Like you know that word basically you know that' trying to get exposure presence. well, branding, we realize branding that we really is a good a permanent,
0: yeah branding is a good word, I think you should use that because
1: it is the word, but it yeah.
0: always comes across sounding really douchey, <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah,
1: um identity, there you go, That's for that word, but, and I think uh, what we realized that, we, that very early on that if you want to get some traction that you need to have a permanent spot. so we Went from an event company to a market store in Soho, Soho in London, is kind of like, It's the kind of glorious like Bohemian type of government like district. In it. It's also where most of the film companies work out of. Yeah. The best, the best restaurants, the best pubs. they're all in Soho. It was right in the middle of town, and it's where everyone meets up and gets drunk and parties, basically. <laughs> so, we we found that we found a, we found a, a, a market. Pitch on this like really old 200 year old fruit and veg market and uh you know all these old boys with their with their fruit and veg barrows like speaking cockney rhyme and slang and then me and my brother turned up and they called us they called us the apprentice for the first six months because it was like you know when you watch the apprentice and they, they're like these headless chickens running around trying to like get all the stuff so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the first six months we were the apprentice and then we spent a winter a London winter outside on the market every day, Monday to Friday. And that's what we earned their respect because it was like, all right, you guys are in a winter here now. You're in. Right. Um, so that was a really great thing for us because we, we weren't making any money and we weren't expecting to, and we weren't paying ourselves at the time. In fact, I think we were on a hundred pounds each a week to sort of buy groceries and loo roll and stuff. Right. So that was, I remember that being a really tight time financially. Um, but, what it did was, it, you know, it was just a place where if somebody wanted to recommend us to a friend, they could go, yeah, go check them out. It's every day at Barrett Street. Whereas if you're an event company, you can't recommend people, so you can't get that word of mouth thing going very well. Right. But I suppose the message there was consistency was really important, making sure that every Monday to Friday we were there between 12 and 3 serving our
0: pizza Yeah, because people get used used to seeing you every day, and then it just knows that no matter what happens, you're going to be there, and they can expect it. Exactly.
1: And if I want to tell a friend to go and check out this pizza place, it will be there. Yep,
0: exactly. Exactly. That was a big thing. And then we
1: started booking events and festivals, and I think the the mantra was, just say yes to everything. Um, (laughs) And it almost became a bit of a running joke, that everything that we said yes to, that we thought was a bad idea, had like a sort of comically good outcome to it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what—that you know we what, go that, and like that, book ourselves
1: into like a, a like a pet funeral, and yeah. then suddenly like I have, someone who runs like glastamery festivals there, and they're like, "Hey, I love this pizza thing." <laughs> so it's, I don't know what that is. I have, you know what I have? I have a
0: It's called the the theory of low expectations. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like when you go to <laughs> it's like when you go to a movie that's really you don't really want to go to, and you end up leaving, being like, "Wow, that was really good." Or you go to a movie and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to see this movie. And you walk out and I'm like, that really sucked. I can't believe I wasted two. Exactly.
1: Life. And and I think it really helps, especially when it's like
0: you've done 30 days in the trot and this
1: event comes up and it's like, I really just want to go and go to bed. Yeah. And then you go, do you know what? Because it's a bad one, it's probably going to be really good. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: Everybody just walks around um, with low expectations every day. Life would be good. <laughs> well, wait, what, how do you do that but not be
1: a pessimist? So tricky.
0: Don't tell anybody. Just don't say it. Just have it inside.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that was that. was that.
0: And that, that was great. And then I
1: think, um, again, kind of coincidentally, uh, this guy got in touch with a friend of a friend. And he wanted to, he also was working a job he didn't like. And he wanted to quit and start like a, a supper club thing. Yeah. Which was kind of run in tandem with the whole street food thing. But basically, you know, I'm sure you guys I don't know if you call it the same thing. But, you know, you invite people into your house and. Basically for a party, and it's all about the food.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a pop-up. Um, yeah,
1: it's a pop-up. So yeah. We did a pop-up. We took over a roof in East London, in Shoreditch, which is kind of the a, a cool part of... It was kind of the cool, young, hipster part of town. Uh, and we kind of got our first taste. We built a pizza oven up on this roof, and it was a rooftop thing, and it was four nights a week. We put the ragu, and then we did pizza tasting, and then we had ice cream. And then we always had a band come and play at the end. And that was kind of like it was glorious. It was sort of like 45 people a night, four nights a week, Free booked tickets. You know, the mo- we we got all the money up front, which was great from a business point of view. So, you know, you, we didn't have to have a huge like working capital. Right. To right. Start, like outlaying all of our food costs and stuff and rent. We could book people up three months in advance, use that money to make it happen. Um, but that was great. So you know, we didn't have to take investment basically when, when we
0: started out. Um, and, and now you just, really you're thing. just, you're just funding your own restaurants, all your own.
1: No, well we, we funded, we funded the pop up and we funded the street food thing through just, just cash flow like that. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, yeah, then then came the tricky business of trying to get investment. We, we, we did decide, you know, the way to build this is to the things because we were doing a lot of, you build a stall, you make a pizza shop at a festival, you work for trade for four days and then you spend two more days breaking it down. Right. Um, and we knew, I think we knew very early on that street food is not a way to build a business. It's a way to build a brand. So as soon as we sort of flipped that thing of going, you're never going to make money out of a market stall, so but you are going to get fans and customers that are going to pay coming back. Um, so so that's when we went for this, went for a random investment. And actually, all of this, all we had to sort of. Value the company at, which sort of you know, gained gain the investment, was was sort of this soft stuff, the brand stuff. We had the TV show, um, which was a sort of six part series, which obviously you know had its benefits. So off the back of that, we were able to write a cookbook right. of the recipes that we found on the TV huh. show, with Harper Collins or like a I don't, know, I don't know if you have them in the UK in, in the US, but yes. a yes good reputable company in the UK, good publishers. So you know, it made that it made that first meeting with with an investor from the industry easier because you could sit down and go, here's all the stuff we've done, here are the events we've done, here are the companies we work with,
0: here's our cookbook, here's the TV show kind of thing. Right, so it gives um, you a little credibility. Yeah, and we, we basically had to use that sort of beginnings of a brand to sort of leverage an investment. Often. And how did you, let me ask um, you, how did you find um, so you weren't uh, you were you had a job before you did this. So how did you learn how to hire help and create help and like build the company culture inside the inside your business?
1: Well, that that is a really interesting one because I think
0: we're at a point now where we're not
1: we're not quite a startup anymore, right? Um sorry, we we've we've got a lot of people now. It's quite a few stuff We're now at 120 people across across the whole thing. Wow. Um, so. Being the green family experience has got massive downfalls because everything you are doing is learning new, fresh currency. And yeah, you you all make a lot of mistakes because you're naive and you don't have you don't have any contacts. Right. But that that whole thing has a whole opposite side to it, which is it means that you have fresh eyes and everything. And you're not just sort of pulling through old information that you had from the last job and sort of using old clunky technologies and so what we were able to do is basically start totally from zero and not have any interference from sort of older, more antiquated, you know, sort of the, the old way of how you run like right, it. right. So it, it, it's been it, it, it's certainly a more stressful way of doing it. <laughs> uh, and you have to be willing to change, you know, if things aren't right. But I'm really happy now that we yeah, have this, I'm this, really proud of our culture and company. Yeah. Um Everyone is, you know, everyone very hard, well, played very hard. We have a range of benefits. is now, we've got, we've got a lot of work, and the last we've got people are happy and the customers are happy. It's kind of cool, a cool thing. So, we actually make sure the pizza was right, make sure the drinks are right, and then actually shove some of our pizza on it and happy. Um, and yeah, that's been amazing impressive. It really, really works really well. It also gives you a nice warm, fuzzy feeling when you wake up in the morning that you're not sort of. Because I think in, in restaurants in particular, people can get a raw deal.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because you've
1: got people in a boardroom trying to cost engineer everything down, and then you've got the people that need to work in restaurants, you know, maybe their first job when they come to the UK, and all of a sudden it's very easy. You know, a lot of our guys come from It a lot of our team are uh, from Italy and from Spain, and they kind of come over sort of young, uh, early 20s, and I think a lot of them. Fall into jobs with much bigger companies, and they're treated awfully, and they work really long hours, and they're on minimum wage, and all the tips go to the fat cats at the top of the company. Right. It's all very, very backwards. Um, we we don't quite have the same glorious tipping culture as, as you guys have. Yeah. We had this horrible thing, and it's it's just been it's just exploded. But all the big restaurant companies in the UK were taking all the all the service charge from the tables and and putting it into a thing called a trunk system, um, and basically putting all that money straight on the bottom line of the restaurant not giving any of the tips to the staff oh wow and this is happening in like big companies like 100, 100
0: restaurants plus there's something uh, like companies. That, that there's something like that kind of trending here is the no tipping at all they just
1: yeah i've been, I've been following that because we, we've been the, tip, the tipping thing has been always a perfect kind of anecdotal idea of like because we don't have experience, I think if we'd been working in other restaurant companies for five years, you might easily have not had to have that moral question with yourself about, hey, if the other guys are doing it, right. I'll, just, I'll just pull it through. Um, so you it's kind of about, a responsibility yeah. thing, because if you, if you feel like someone else it was someone else's idea, you kind of feel more okay with it. and I think people kind of kind of make peace with it within sales because other restaurant companies do it, yeah. whereas we kind of looked at it without any outside knowledge or context of the industry and went... That's ridiculous. Of course, the staff need to get the tips.
0: Like, yeah, you had yeah. no, you didn't have the bad experience. You had no experience when it comes to that. So you just was like, hey, common sense tells me if they work for the tips, they should get them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we've let common sense guide a lot of the way, which has been awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that 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 can make for some pretty big big mistakes. But as long as you're not too proud, you can always sort of. Just fix the mistakes. <laughs>
0: uh so what what does the future hold for uh Pilgrim speech? you guys gonna be uh hopping across to the US anytime soon?
1: Uh well not only do, just to do pizza research in New York and Chicago at the moment, but uh but uh I think we are basically yeah, we we've kind of we've slightly grown up a bit, which is quite exciting. We now have a uh we have a full time finance person who helps us keep our books in order, which is exciting. And um yeah, the, the the basic mantra is if if the pizza's still good, me and my brother are still happy, and the staff are still happy, we'll 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 keep growing. And I think we we've noticed an interesting switch where it was always us driving the ambition of of it, and it was a very much me and Tom startup. We're driving it, and now we've got people in the company. We've got four or five people kind of help us run the 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 the, the company, and actually it's their ambition that's the just as much driving it now.
0: Pushing you guys so, along?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's it's really exciting. It's kind of taking on a bit of a life of its own. And there's, <laughs> we, we've had the first six months of like, there are things that happen in the company that I don't necessarily know about, which is kind <laughs> of terrifying and exciting.
0: Yeah. At the time, but. Well, they, they say once you, you know, you built a good company when, you know, obviously in the beginning of any, of any business, it's you pulling it along. And then, you know, when you built a really good company, when you stop pulling and it starts pushing you.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. And I think what's great is that me and Tom have spent this four years basically not sleeping, doing every single job. Of it. I, I, I'm confident that me and Tom between it, that, that me and Tom work well together because we're totally different. Tom's super bright mathematician. He sort of sees numbers in his sleep, but I'm more, more, sort of, I get to do all the fun stuff, basically. I you're you're more of the
0: people person. In. I do.
1: I do. I do. The, I get to do, the, I get to do all the creative stuff, which is awesome. And, What's amazing about Tom is that he doesn't want to do that stuff. He wants to, he gets a, a sort of a very, very glorious satisfaction from a spreadsheet balancing or, <laughs> you know, working out the fine detail on the contract. Or his brain's much more logical than mine. And I get to do all the sort of stupid fun stuff.
0: Well, that's good. Um, that, that that means you guys don't have a, you don't argue about stuff because what he's good at, you don't like to do. And what you're good at, he doesn't like to do.
1: No, but we didn't realize it until really late. Uh.
0: late on.
1: <laughs> like two years in, we had to sit down and be like, so I'm feeling really guilty. I don't help. I don't know anything about how we work payroll. And it's like, <laughs> oh my god, I uh, couldn't be couldn't be happy about that. I have no input on how on how
0: the restaurant design goes, and we just had this kind of like glorious kind of like ah moment. <laughs> that's a good thing though. It finally happened though. Two years in is a long time though.
1: Yeah, that was been one of the best things I think I've learned in life is that whatever it is you hate, someone else loves it, and that's right.
0: why the world is a good place. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do what you guys. I always say that. I always tell people, stop doing the shit you hate doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, um, I've I've recently kind of drunk the Kool Aid a bit on on sort of like business development and all that. You know how how to manage people and stuff. In fact, if, if if I had one piece of advice for anyone out there starting starting or even however far along you are, setting the table by Danny Danny Meyer. Have you read yeah.
0: that? Yeah, I had that. someone actually a couple of weeks ago suggested that on the show. Okay, well that that was basically
1: our bible. It just it gets it so right all that stuff like don't employ a skill, employ an attitude. You can teach people the skills, uh, you know, when to get, and they do, he, he, he loves the catchphrase and he loves putting a number on it, but he, he says you he should spend 80% of your time on 20% of your responsibility. You know, right. find the balance. Don't spend your time doing the stuff you don't like because you'll never give it your full attention.
0: I 100% agree with that. Um,
1: so yeah, that, that's a really interesting read and um, it's quite inspirational. It kind of gives you a bit of a, uh, it gives you a bit of a if you're it can be quite terrifying and i've certainly had lots of moments starting starting this right terrifying but actually reading other people's experiences and just you're never the first person to do anything even though some quite a lot of the time we did feel that we were the first people ever to have ever done anything yep it's so nice to to read about people who've done the exact same thing and how they dealt with it and
0: I, yeah, kind of I agree that's why I started the show same same exact reason so you can hear other people's stories like yours and you know see how they did it and learn from them exactly that so exactly we're, coming up that. On, we're coming up on forty five minutes I don't want to take up too much of your time now so where can people go to uh check you guys out and I really suggest you go check out what you're doing because you're doing a great job on social
1: yeah yeah I mean yeah come here we we're we're very much london based um our first sites on Dean Street in Soho and then Kingly Court we' just opened. Uh, two things so we opened the site in Covent Garden um on Garrick street uh and then we 've also done this thing now. stay with me yeah it 's called swingers swingers but it's yeah it 's called swingers and it 's an indoor mini golf course okay. in the city
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's uh it 's great it 's like you go you drink there 's a cocktail bar they 've got great beers on, and they 've got two mini golf courses inside uh and we do we do the food there. So if you if you ever find yourself in the city and you fancy a game of mini golf in a basement in a city, it's really good fun.
0: Disregard the name; it's safe to go in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there is uh, no no car keys.
0: No okay. Car keys, <laughs> All right. So your website is <laughs> thepilgrims.co.uk for anybody listening in the states. You go check them out too. Yeah,
1: but the best way to get touch of us is on Instagram and Twitter. We're both for both of them is at the On
0: both um, of those.
1: Yeah, but if anyone's yeah, anyone yeah, tweet us if you're coming up if you're coming this way. I'm always in town, so come and say hello. Come have come have a slice.
0: Excellent, James. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and joining me today. Great story. No worries, man. Thanks for everything. A- All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with James. Hope you enjoyed the chat with the guy from Pilgrim's Pizza over in the UK. Uh, it was really fun talking to him. Go say hello to him on Instagram or Twitter. Also, if you want to join us in our mastermind group, that's open again. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. There you can meet up with other entrepreneurs who are going through what you are going through currently trying to grow their business, whether it be in marketing or the restaurant or pizza. Uh, We'll meet once a month, talk, hash some stuff out, bring some ideas to the table. Ask me anything about social media or marketing inside that group too. And I'll help you with your website or emails or anything that you need for that. So that's smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Um, all right, go check out all the stuff. We have tons of podcast episodes over at smartpizzamarketing.com. we have gotten some reviews lately too. Appreciate those, guys. Anybody who's left me a review on iTunes, I really appreciate you seeing your feedback. Uh, seeing feedback and getting emails from you guys really motivates me and uh, makes me really enjoy doing the show, more than just doing the show. I love talking to the entrepreneurs and the marketers that I get to talk with, but I really love seeing the feedback from you listening. So if you have a question or comment, shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Really enjoy seeing all those emails from everybody, and it really makes my day. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the reviews on iTunes, and we'll see you next week.